Section 10 of the Book of Wales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joseph Tabler. The Book of Wales by Frank Evers Bettered. The Hunting of Wales. The economic products of Wales are, not in order of importance, one the flesh two the bones three the whalebone and four the oil derived from the blubber it is for these substances that they are hunted the first two need not detain us long the flesh of the caying whale as noticed on page twenty eight is utilized by the inhabitants of the orkneys as food and that of various other whales is eaten but it is not an article of at all general consumption the bones as well as the flesh can be and are utilized in the case of stranded whales for manure and the ribs have been at various times and by different peoples used to build huts with nearchus relates how the natives of the mediterranean built houses of these bones and the structures of the same kind are illustrated by oleus magnus the oil of whales is derived from the blubber which as already said forms a thick coating immediately underlying the skin besides there is in many whales especially in the sperm whale a certain amount of clear oil contained in the head which is solid when cold and is known as spermaceti but you must first catch your whale and then extract the oil the use of whale oil seems to be very ancient monsieur pouchet tells of a convent mentioned in the life of st philibert which had run short of oil in answer to the prayers of the inmates a large whale was found stranded the next day this was in the year 684 monsieur pouchet thinks that whales were more frequently stranded in old times than now for that reason not being hunted they were necessarily more numerous it seems to be hardly a matter for doubt that whales were first of all utilized only when stranded on the shore and very numerous are the records of whales cast up upon our coasts and those of other european countries a number of these events are collected together by van beneden in his cetaces de mers de europe and more recently perona has described the whales of the italian shores there are numerous other scattered and more or less elaborate enumerations of the stranding of different species of whales john evelyn in his diary records a large whale which came ashore near to his house it seems probably from the size and other suggestions to have been a roqual here is his description a large whale was taken betwixt my land butting on the thames and greenwich which drew an infinite concourse to see it by water horse coach and on foot from london and all parts it appeared first below greenwich at low water for at high water it would have destroyed all the boats but lying now in shallow water encompassed with boats after a long conflict it was killed with a harping iron struck in the head out of which spouted blood and water by two tunnels and after a horrid groan it ran quite on shore and died its length was fifty-eight foot height sixteen black-skinned like coach leather very small eyes great tail only two small fins and picked snout and a mouth so wide that diverse men might have stood upright in it no teeth but sucked slime only as through a grate of that bone which we call whalebone the throat yet so narrow as would not have admitted the least of fishes the extremes of the cetaceous bones hung 
downwards from the upper jaw and was hairy towards the ends and bottom with inside all of it prodigious but in nothing more wonderful than that an animal of so great a bulk should be nourished only by slime through those grates in hollinshed's chronicle we read that in fifteen thirty one the five and twentieth of may between london and gravesend were taken two great fishes called whirlpools male and female these were presumably either balenoptera or perhaps more likely sperm whales the expression whirlpool for large whales was very common at that period earlier still and also in the thames we hear from fabian's chronicle that in the year fourteen seventy two were taken at erith within twelve miles of london four wonderful fishes whereof one was called moors marini the second a sword fish and the other two were whales which after some expositors were pronostications of war and trouble the moors marini of this description one would think could hardly be a walrus but it was very possibly an orca of which three individuals came up the thames so lately as eighteen ninety the notion of the appearance of these huge whales being a portent of dire trouble is common in stowe's london is recorded the standing in the thames at blackwall of a parmacetti whale the sperm whale of course a curious variant in the spelling of this word occurs in baker's chronicle where the stranding of a sperm whale is recorded and the writer goes on to remark the oil being boiled out of the head was parmacita for the following account of a whale hunt in olden times and also up the thames i am indebted to the rev william hunt the story comes from the chronica majora of matthew paris the date is twelve forty balanae surciter undicem praetor elias belluas marinus in littore maris angeliae contermino mortuae e quasi in aliquo certamine lesse sunt progette unde natu e senores maris confinia habitantis acerabant bella fuis in auditum inter paesis belluas e monstra marina cue sese ad in visem mordentia e colindentia alterno empertu entero morant unda mortua ex elis ad alitora sunt progetta decorum Pisium numero unus monstrose immanitatis bellua in tamensam veniens vis inter pilas pontis ilesus patrantiere admenerium autum regio quod montelac mortlake dicitur insequentibus multis navigatoribus cum funibus e balistas e arcubus perveniens ibidem jaculorum ictibus vis est peremptus no season passes without the record of a few whales stranded upon the shores of great britain and it is to this fortunate circumstance that our knowledge of whales is so largely due the discovery of the economic value of many parts of these huge monsters led naturally to their pursuit either from the shore or in the open sea as to the actual date of the first active hunting of whales there is dispute the real date of the origin of this pursuit being difficult to ascertain some say that the basques were the earliest race to engage in the pursuit of whales as a commercial enterprise 
Others hold that the Norwegians were the pioneers in this branch of industry. Probably whales were first of all hunted from the shore, as indeed they are now in the case of the Californian gray whale off the Pacific shores of North America. As to the Norwegians, the following passage may be quoted from J. Ross Brown. As early as 887, according to Anderson, in his historical and chronological deduction of the origin of commerce, or as Haklut thinks, about 890, our excellent King Alfred received from one Okther, a Norwegian, an account of his discoveries northward on the coast of Norway a coast which appears to have been very little, if at all, known to the Anglo-Saxons. There is one very remarkable thing in this account, for he tells King Alfred that he sailed along the Norway coast, so far north as commonly the whale-hunters used to travel, which shows the great antiquity of whale-fishing, though undoubtedly then and long after the use of what is usually called whalebone was not known, so that they fished for whales merely on account of their fat or oil. This story seems to show not merely a great antiquity for the pursuit of whales, but that the fishery was carried on from the shore. No doubt, as soon as the value of stranded whales was ascertained, they would be hunted in this fashion, and then as the shore-coming whales got scarcer, they would be pursued by the whalers further and further into the ocean. Anyhow, whatever may be the actual date of the first practicing of whaling as an industry, it is clear that it was known in this country as early as before the year 1000, for there is an interesting dialogue preserved written by one Elfric, abbot of Ensham, in which the subject of whaling is dealt with. This is in the form of a conversation between the master and his pupils, written in order to familiarize the pupils with Latin conversation. The master begins by inquiring what is to be caught in the sea. The pupil then enumerates the following curious assortment of marketable marine fishes, Alices et Isicios, Delfinos et Sturias, Astreas et Cancros, Musculos et Torniculos, Neptigalos, Platerios, et Platesis, et Polypodis, et Multialia. Then the master, Vis capere aliquem setum, Nic? The reason is then demanded. The youth is supposed to reply, Quia pericolosum est capere setum, Tutius est mihim ire ad amnem cum nave mea quam ire cum multibus navibus in venationem balene et tamen the pastor goes on to say multi capiunt setus et evadant pericula it is plain therefore that whaling was practised presumably in this country at that date it should be explained that the word setus also means whale Balena means a sea monster generally. This is rather remarkable considering the derivation of Cetus from the Homeric word, which seems to mean a sea monster generally. Balena usually definitely means whale, but the words Hval and Hranis seem to put the matter beyond doubt. The American whale fishery began, at any rate, as early as the year 1614. At first the animals were pursued from the shore, and the island of Nantucket was the headquarters of the industry. The whales were watched for from a tall spar, and when the animal was seen to spout, the boats immediately set out in pursuit. The whale, when captured, was towed ashore, and the flensing carried out on the beach. Shore whaling, however, was after no great a period abandoned, 
for the reason that the whales had begun to get scarce ships were then fitted out for long voyages and in seventeen ninety a ship fitted out at new bedford doubled cape horn and really inaugurated the south pacific whale fishery the names of the ships are characteristic of the date captain scammon tells us that one of the first vessels to cross the atlantic in search of whales in the year seventeen seventy was named the no duty on tea the whale trade went on increasing for many years in leaps and bounds in seventeen seventy five there were as many as three hundred vessels engaged in the industry and by eighteen forty six the total number of ships had increased to about seven hundred thirty representing an aggregate tonnage of two hundred thirty three thousand one hundred eighty nine tons at this period the investments connected with the business are said to have been at least seventy million dollars and seventy thousand persons derived their chief support from the whaling interests that year according to the statistics given by captain scammon was apparently the culmination of the whale trade in america for we observe a gradual diminution of the number of vessels until the year in which the statistics end to wit eighteen seventy two in this year the number of ships was altogether only two hundred eighteen representing a tonnage of fifty two thousand seven hundred one that there should be this decrease is not surprising when we learn from the same table of statistics that during the years eighteen thirty five to eighteen seventy two about two hundred ninety two thousand seven hundred fourteen whales must have been either captured or destroyed to write an adequate account of the whaling industry would it need a volume to itself we can only give a few facts there is no doubt that here as in other countries the pursuit of whales has fallen off enormously in the last fifty years this is to be partly explained by the increasing rarity of the more valuable kinds and partly to the replacement of the substances for which whales are hunted by cheaper substitutes captain ewell harbour master of the port of dundee has been good enough to give me some valuable information with regard to the state of the whaling industry at that town for incorporation into the present volume writing to me in june eighteen ninety eight mr ewell stated that in that year the whaling vessels equipped at dundee had met with but scant success this fact coupled with the great fall in the price of oil and the enormous expense of the voyage has reduced the industry to such a point that only five vessels have left this season the following table also kindly supplied to me by captain ewell shows the number of ships and the number of whales caught in a series of years commencing with eighteen fifty nine the decrease of both sets of figures is most noteworthy moreover the heaviest decrease is in the number of whales whereas in eighteen sixty one eight vessels captured between them one hundred twenty one whales the same number of ships in eighteen ninety seven only secured nine whales this tells its own story for some further details of whale fisheries the reader is referred to the sections dealing with the greenland whale and the southern whalebone whale end of section ten